Yeah, I think we've been, you know, we've been doing this enough. We have a pretty good sense of, 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 of how, to, how to improvise a bit. Yeah. We are not stone-cold liars like uh, Eleanor, but we are, we are <laughs> getting fairly good at our jobs here. Well, I mean, I'm not. I don't know about you. you maybe you are. <laughs> Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, a weekly comedy on NBC by Mike Schur. I'm Sarah Gardner. And let me introduce my co-hosts, Javier Matusevich. Hi, Javier. Hello. Hello. And Andrew Pontius. Hi, Andrew. Hello. Hi. So one last time for this season, we are going through the season three finale. And uh, just as any other previous episode, but especially for the finales, I hope you guys aren't afraid of spoilers because, you know, the end. (laughs) So this week, uh, we, well, we left off last week with a new neighborhood uh, citizen being entered into the good place, who is John, who we uh, learn is a drama queen. And um, he has a, a minor, pot perhaps major obsession with Tahani because he used to be a gossip columnist assigned to making her look bad, essentially. Uh, this drives Tahani a little bit nuts. In the meantime, the next uh, resident ends up being Simone, Chidi's ex from their time in Australia, at which point he decides that he can't really keep his cool. Um, so Judge Jen allows them to go through the trouble of erasing her memory and Chidi's memory, so he also gets reset, but not until we've had some touching moments between he and Eleanor recapping their time together, because now she will remember him, but he will not remember her. And that's how we go into the next season. Did I miss anything? I'm sure, I feel like I did. <laughs> I feel like you got all the, all the main plug points, but maybe there's there's some nuance that we can discuss that's interesting and maybe was left out. <laughs> so what did what did you all think of this season finale? I got many feelings, really. I liked it and I hated it and I felt that <laughs> a lot of the characters got a very poor treatment, like in the case of Simone and in the case of Chidi himself. But it's also a very natural episode in some senses. So I'm conflicted, basically. (laughs) Yeah, it really felt like they had to move a lot of furniture to get to the point where Chidi would have to get rebooted. But that really felt like sort of the first half of this episode and basically all of last episode was basically all about moving things around and making these new intricate setups such that Chidi would be forced to do that. And so, yeah, like, I actually think they, once they could have settled down and they said, okay, we're going to deal with the fact that Chidi has to, has to kind of leave, has to re- get rebooted. I like those bits near the end where it was, you know, Eleanor and Chidi were kind of talking together and, and then they, Eleanor and Janet were talking near the very end. I think that was probably one of the best scenes in this episode and possibly in a lot of episodes. And so mm-hmm. they kind of got to a good, a good place, so to speak, 
um, where they could let the characters shine and the writing shine a little bit. Um, but it took some time to get there. And I, yeah, I think there were some, some fumbles along the way. Uh, uh, we're going to want to talk about, about, yeah, John, John Wheaton, uh, the other human brought into the good place. Cause, uh, I have, I have thoughts about John, Wheaton, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but in, in general, I, I thought there was some really, yeah, some really good highs and, and some, some awkward stuff that, that kind of typifies the whole season. So yeah. 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 Yeah, if I mean, if every season finale is going to be some sort of reset, then we're right? going to get to yeah. a point where it's yeah. not impactful anymore. And I feel like we might already be there, sort of, um, or at least it's not um, it's not a shock. It's what we expect now. So I don't know. I I'm of two minds of this one, too. It didn't really feel like a finale to me as far as it didn't. Uh, have any extra resonance than the rest of the season and this has been a pretty uneven season anyway Uh, there's been a lot of plot things have happened but um, not really a lot of character development and some of what they tried to do felt forced more than usual so to have it end this way felt forced too so, Andrew, what are your thoughts about John Wheaton? <laughs> right. Um, so, <clears throat> so first of all, I thought that actor, I was confusing him. So that actor is Brandon Scott Jones, who doesn't, I don't, I don't see him having been in anything um, too major. Sorry, Brandon. But he looks like the actor who was on Buffy, uh, who played Andrew. And that, and that, I looked that up and that's Tom, Tom Blank, so that's a different guy. But it kind of felt like that same kind of character because that character on Buffy was also kind of a, a, a a self-absorbed kind of jerk. And, you know, this guy's kind of the same way, but kind of also a nerd. Um, but the the big thing about here, and so, you know, I kind of look, thinking back into the, the first season and kind of the second season when they kind of redid the first season, where what were our characters like at this same point in their uh, uh, sort of cycle of being in the good place where they were first woken up and having to get introduced to everything. And, and it really felt like, you know, all of our characters had problems, but they were all very likable. One reason or another, and some of that was also just sort of Kristen Bell being a very likable person because she was playing such a horrible character. But this guy is just kind of nasty from the beginning and doesn't either get any better during the first episode or show any redeeming qualities in the first episode. He's there to piss off and and tempt Tahani. He's not really there to be the kind of candidate for improvement that our characters were. Uh, previously, and I think you know, we talked in the past about the the show kind of writing itself into a corner. I think they're potentially writing themselves in the corner with this guy because if we have to hang out with this guy for the next couple of episodes in season four, it's going to be pretty unpleasant, and it doesn't really feel like there's going to be much point to it. So that is one reason why I think this this season is kind of showing its cards a little bit about what's going to happen next season by making this character so unlikable that it just they just won't be able to have that plot of actually anyone getting improved. So I think we're going to have a couple of episodes because they, they're probably going to, again, the same way that this feels like a repeat of last season, another reboot, it's probably going to be the same kind of structure for next season with, you know, a couple of episodes on one area and a couple of episodes in another uh, sort of arc and then the, the ending. I think that those first couple of episodes in the quote-unquote good place and where they are now is not going to actually focus on those new characters very much at all. That's my feeling. Because again, this guy is just not good material for that 
And so that those are my thoughts. Well, I, I kinda have to disagree on this particular point because yes, he's very unlikable, but so was Tahani on the first two or three episodes. She seemed snooty, high up, duplicitous, and it's all the things that this guy is. So I feel like if we got to know why is why he's like this, what what's his driving force to be such an asshole, we might actually see uh, a better side of him, maybe. I should mention, and I don't think I did in the recap, that the people chosen to be in the neighborhood were picked in order to make everyone crazy, which is the ble the bad places new scheme. Um, and Chidi seems the most cruel out of all of that, and that wasn't even on purpose. You know, I when it comes, to, I think you're right that uh, we we bought in on the first season just because people were likable. And we spent so much time in that first season with Kristen Bell, you know, walking around with her and her being a fraud and what have you, that now that we know the ropes and we know that John is not Kristen Bell, um, you know, that might not be too successful. I, I also worry that now that Chidi's mind is erased that it'll be some sort of love triangle between Simone and Eleanor and Chidi again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they seem to always want to set up all of this <laughs> romance stuff, which, you know, uh, it, it gets old, mm. but I was glad to see Simone back because I really did like her as a character and she's all, she's already, you know, fairly, a fairly good person from what I could tell. So, you know, who knows what faults we'll find out now that she's up there. I feel like it was easy to like Kristen Bell from the beginning, besides the fact that she's Kristen Bell, is that she is the audience character. She is yep. mm -hmm. who we are supposed to be rooting for, and we see everything from her perspective as the outsider that knows that doesn't fit in. So even if she wasn't a very, very unlikable character, we would still be on her side from the beginning. And still, we got to like all these other characters that were not so good. So mm -hmm. I feel like we just need some time with Sean and and see what makes him tick and see him develop a relationship with the characters that we really like. And that's what's going to give us a perspective onto, onto why we're supposed to care about this guy, which right now is not very likable. But I guess that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure, sure. Well, we're going to have, in, in theory, we're going to have two more people introduced at the beginning of the next season, two more humans coming in. Um, we'll see how that winds up going. Would it not just be one because one of them's cheating? That, that's, I mean, that's a good question. Are they going to treat, because they, I don't think, I don't so. think, I think, I think by the, by the initial terms of the experiment, it has to be four new people who are going, yeah. different people who are going to get improved. So, mm. but you know, who knows, who knows how they're going to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which would leave us someone for Jason? Uh, Jason and someone for Eleanor, I guess. Those would be the two people that would have to be yep. introduced mm -hmm. if there's if there's going to be a consistency in that choosing logic. Yeah, I wonder if if um, Eleanor's mom is going to wind up. Yeah, <laughs> but then they have up. to. Although they kind of buried the mm -hmm. hatchet, though. But, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because in the case of Tahani, they kind of pulled out and Adeus ex machina because we never seen John or or hear from him. 
but I expect that we're going to see people that we already know as the other two characters. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I could see that. I could also see maybe uh, a bigger name in the cast, like someone who wants to be added to the show. Um, you know, some sort of, I wouldn't call it stunt casting, but maybe just someone who will draw more people to the show. Um, well, are you talking about guess, Stone Cold though. Steve Austin? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then Eleanor and, and Cheedy and Stone Cold can have a a romantic triangle. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Can well. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that seems a little unlikely. But, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where, like, you know, uh, Jason's dad was it, right? Who he didn't have oh. a good relationship with. But yeah, Donkey Doug. Donkey Doug. But they're going to have to, uh, you know, they already had to sort of hand wave away the fact that Simone, Simone died. And so I don't think. A sudden, sudden uh, scythe of of deaths through all of uh, all of the people they know would would be a little uh, unlikely. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else they're going to do. I mean, unless like they do some hand waving with like time being relative, and you know, yeah. it's really been how many ever years or whatever. Yeah, they don't seem to have gone that route with anything they've done so far, which is yeah. interesting, right? They don't say, well, it, you know, time is irrelevant now. They really seem to be saying, okay, it's, I actually know, because it was like 300 years or like 8,000 years, whatever, whatever, how much time it was. And yet it still seems like it's the present in terms of when, you know, the episodes are basically filming. Well, in, in the whole uh, Jeremy Bremi episode, they sort of explained or waved away the whole me time mechanic. So there, there is some sort of connection between regular time and good place time. Good place time, yep. Mm -hmm. though, though there's not, they're not um, directly linked, but they're still like a function <laughs> that plots one into the other. So it's not just whatever, but I guess they, they could still pull something off with, a, with that. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. I mean, this is going to, this gives them a lot of leeway, right? Because they can say, yeah. Oh yeah, this these time periods match and these time periods don't match or they can do kind of whatever they yeah. want. But I did think that was mm -hmm. a good callback when Chidi was saying during, you know, him and Eleanor talking about about the fact that he had to leave, that he was saying, you know, uh, we'll what was it? We'll we'll do something we'll chill in the eye forever. Yeah. Which I thought was, you know, it's kind of a nice way of showing that Chidi had gotten over his uh, uh his craziness with them. Um, with the Jeremy um, Bramie uh, issue yeah. and that he was kind of, he seemed, you know, he seemed pretty chill, which I thought was, because uh, we've talked a little before about how it seemed like Chidi was kind of um, almost too chill and too perfect now with this relationship because he wasn't really getting mm -hmm. nervous about it. And it totally makes sense now that about the time when they would have been preparing him for this final thing in this arc and this last arc of the season was when they're like, Oh, if it's going to end, then we can let it become sort of perfect and boring and, and have no future and have no changes necessary to it because we know it's going to undergo this, this terrible uh, change at, at the very end. And it's kind of the usual thing, you know, on, on most dramas when, when somebody professes their love and says, oh, things are so great now and you know they're going to get killed off. You know, this is kind of the, the good place's equivalent of killing someone off because, of course, they're not actually going to kill anyone I'm, other than the fact that they die. But anyway... Um, you know, this this is their way of of having that 
having that feel like it's it's very dramatic because oh they're perfect now they're great they should just be able to go on forever but oh something awful is going to happen yeah <laughs> and in hindsight of course of course that was going to happen of course they were going to do something like this to them although I, I didn't really like it but i can see the mechanics of it which is also kind of something i don't like about it that it didn't again it didn't it felt a little forced it felt a little non-organic that they had to build up to this but uh, but it was sort of what they were their big game plan you know half of this episode is devoted to that to that issue so yeah so what do people think of, of uh, the chidi eleanor doomed romance arc here I mean, I never, I never really liked it much in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, it it didn't. I mean, I know this is supposed to be such a, a gut punch. You know that that if you if you bought into the relationship, then yeah, this is very very sad. And I think that the scene with Janet kind of, um, well, being Eleanor's friend and Eleanor, whose face is about to crack when she ushers Chidi to the back room uh those are both really good scenes but they don't have the weight they would have had had I really felt like their perfect relationship happened organically um I I bought them as a couple um you know in the earlier seasons it's just it felt like you know like like I was trying to explain last week, it felt like their personalities became less around each other, and you know you like I anyway I like uh, who they are, and I don't I don't want to see their identities get lost. So um, hopefully, with the reset, we get to see previously neurotic Chidi be neurotic again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found much more affecting. The whole situation with um, Simone, because whereas Chidi gets to decide to be wiped, Simone has no agency into the matter, and she's just, oh yeah, well we're going to have to wipe her, and I don't think that's very fair to the character. And sure, Michael has done it thousands of times, and the bad place I'm sure has done it thousands of times, but they're supposed to be the bad guys when they did it, so it was sort of okay if they're the bad guys they can do bad things but why are the good guys why are our friends so cavalierly deleting simone yep. for example i, I yep. thought it was very unfair they could have just waken her up and talked to her and come up with a solution maybe she would have chosen the same way together with cheating it would have been much more affecting but like this it's just very unfair and also she just happened to die, which right. either it's a huge coincidence <laughs> that we're not going to like because writers, or it was actually the bad place <laughs> pulling her, something. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be better with them doing that because, okay, they're, they're supposed to do that kind of thing. They're the bad place. They, they will do bad things. But then our characters just come here and reboot her and it's very unfair. And the fact that we have then Chidi choosing to to be rebooted and everyone being against it and having so many qualms when they had none to erase Simone, who had no choice in the matter, makes it even worse because it shows you all the things that should have happened and didn't happen because of story time or whatever. Mm. I think you need to go to the judge, uh, Javier, with us so you can uh, 
get that decision reversed. <laughs> J- Judge Jen wants to hear from you. Yeah, no, it's totally, I, I, I totally agree. It, it's, it, it totally makes sense. And, it, and I think the, the idea again comes back to that they really, really wanted Chidi to have to make this choice. They really, really wanted this dramatic moment. And they were willing to kind of move a lot of stuff around and, and it, yeah, kind of make some whole plot points and, and some uh, morally questionable acts um, to make that happen just because they really, really wanted it to happen. Um, I had also thought that, well, this is being portrayed as a sacrifice on Chidi's part. Um, it is much like the first season. Um, he is making this choice with the full knowledge that it will benefit him as well. It will benefit his friends, but it will also benefit him. So how selfless is it really, especially when he knows that if this works out, he will get all of his memory back, memories back at some point in the future anyway. And eventually they'll be, they'll be happy. They'll all be happy again. So it, it does, it, it does kind of feel like this isn't quite as selfless as they were making it sound uh, all, all, when all the people were, were kind of talking about it. So, yeah. Yeah, as concerned as Chidi is with ethics, that's like part of his character. Yep. You would think when they suggested wiping Simone, he would have had a problem with it. Yeah. But then that doesn't advance the story. So I would say that because they put that scene before before the title card of the show, they had to resolve it in like the thirty seconds that that scene has. <laughs> which <laughs> It's so dumb, but it, it's the way it feels. It feels like it was a throwaway gag that it totally takes out all the all the weight from the scene. Uh, which which thing are you talking about, Javier? I mean uh, the the rebooting of Simone. All, it all happens or is basically decided before we oh, even yeah. see the title card. So they don't have much time to to sort it out. Oh, yeah. and so it seems so much lighter than it should be yeah it's like um i feel i think eleanor says well step one is we're going to reboot your your girlfriend and she's going to be a new citizen and you're going to help her out and she says that's step one and then we get the music and it's like a joke and it's not funny it's very unfair yeah now you're making me think about it a lot (laughs) it is a downer Well, and this is, and you know, to to say something that I've said a couple of times before, you know, it's really hard to depict good people, right? Because there's always something that will that will sound bad about about the choices you need to make to to keep things going, and and yeah, they're they're running into some of that now. But uh, so we've got we've got a couple other things going on in in the plot, um, and actually one of the things that I was thinking was as kind of a joke was that you know the real plot point of this episode is not about Eleanor and Chidi having to, to make the sacrifice. It's about Eleanor becoming middle management. <laughs> right? Because she gets to, she has to get in, just be in charge when Michael isn't in charge. And she doesn't just act as the face of it. You know, she goes on to be sort of barking out orders to people and making decisions. And I, I actually think it, they didn't really focus on it too much, but Eleanor has always been portrayed as sort of the smartest one of, of Team Cockroach. Uh, she has always been the one, you know, she, she has figured out that it's the bad place over and over again. She has brought together the team. She has done all of these things. And she was always the one who was ripe to become the leader of the group. And she has been the leader of the group, but now she's sort of more officially uh, in charge of things. And I, I like it. Like, you know, they had that one joke where yeah. Tahani says, oh, it should be me. But, you know, if it's not me, of course it could be you. 
But no, Tahani, no, 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 no. You're you're too self-absorbed, and you know, Chidi is too self-absorbed in his own way, and and poor Jason doesn't know what the heck is going on. Uh, which we should get to. There's a couple funny jokes with that. But you know, Eleanor gets to sort of make those decisions, and she makes pretty good ones. And I I, I did like that they were showing her doing that, even if they weren't even necessarily focusing on it all that much, because it was all just part of the plot. But I like it. I like I like Eleanor being in charge. Yeah, I I liked that Michael is the assistant. That was actually kind of cute. <laughs> and I liked what was maybe a throwaway joke about, uh, you know, how come Janet's not in charge? That yep. makes the most sense. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. You're right, it does. <laughs> <laughs> the writers poking fun at themselves. <laughs> yeah, I really liked Eleanor as, as Michael. She, from from the get-go, she, she has that smile and... And the common in, and it's just, it's delightful. You can see her impersonating him perfectly. Well, not really perfectly, you know. She, well, she does yeah, say, like, I mean, you're dead, which I thought was a funny line. That's okay. I'm <laughs> yeah, right. she, put, she puts her own spin on she it. She does. She does. That's she, right. That's right. She does all the half other things that she has to do. Right. And, and you see that she's more or less following the script that Michael had when <laughs> right. he awoke, awoke her. So it's, yeah. it's nice. And, 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 um, uh, improvising, right? When she sees the, when she tries to open the file and it's all in, I guess, like celestial. <laughs> and she's like, ah, yes, 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 I see you lived a great life. And it's like, yeah, you go, Eleanor. That was some good <laughs> improvising. So anyway, I, I like, that was what, you know, there were, there were a bunch of things that I did like about this episode and, and I, I do like that. Probably one of the more, mm-hmm. uh, the better things about the episode for me was, was her taking charge. Yeah, and she has all that that Michael doesn't have. But Michael is right now, is currently second-guessing him himself, and Eleanor is pure confidence, so she just makes choices, and maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but she just goes along and yep. does all the things that have to be done, and that's what we need right now, so she's great. Well, that's definitely the role of a manager, right? And I've thought about this a lot in my own kind of career over time. You know, yeah, like everybody looks to a manager or to to make those choices, and again, you don't, you know, you can argue with them, but you just need someone to make them, and Humans don't seem to be well equipped to do sort of group decision making, right? So you always kind of need one person <laughs> to do it, and and yeah, she she does she does pretty nicely. Yeah, there's a reason design by committee is not a a good it's term. not a good thing, right? Hmm. But then that also uh, kicks Michael and Jason to basically non plots this time around. Um, and yeah. I think it is becoming harder and harder to get episodes where they all have something to do, or at least it seems that way. Well, yeah, all of them basically like, so there was a point with Tahani in particular where I was thinking, well, she's still just going to only be doing the party thing. And then they gave her kind of a plot with, with John. And so it's like, at least they're doing something with her. I don't think it was necessarily, it didn't feel all that interesting just yet. It felt like it was the beginning of something, but but she did get to get do some things and kind of resist temptation, and that was kind of fun. But then, like Jason, poor Jason had almost nothing to do this episode, and uh, and they kind of I, maybe they lampshaded it by saying, "Well, he doesn't really understand anything that's going on either." And he had some funny lines, but but he he had maybe like four or five lines the whole episode, right? He didn't really have that much to say. Yeah, he said nothing really smart, which has been the the theme of the previous episodes that he's uh, he has been somehow coming up with interesting ideas even though he doesn't even realize and this time we got nothing we got pure regressed jason from season one pizza pizza jason 
Yeah. And uh, in the case of Tahani, we got something similar because she really regressed at, at seeing this John guy. Uh, <laughs> I have, I, she had some very good jokes, but I'm going to save them for the... For right. the joke machine. Well, she did. She did. But um, at the very least, she does realize that yeah. she's being tempted, and she tries to re- uh, stop the the regression. So she has some some potential. But we did see for parts of this episode, we did see old Tahani <laughs> in her full glory. Well, I think that that is one thing. Like it was nice to see her get to do something. That actress get to do something in this episode. But it was, I think what you said, uh, it kind of took something off for me there. Like, she did get to resist temptation, which is good, so she has improved over original Tahani. But she didn't get to do any more than that. And I think the, the times when we like our characters the most in these, in these episodes is when they get to do something that shows what more they're capable of. And we didn't get that with Jason or, or uh, Tahani in this episode. But we did get it with, with Janet a bit. Like, Janet was... Janet was pretty great this episode. You know, she's she has to sort of improvise herself a little bit when when Eleanor says, "Hi, I'm I'm the architect." And <laughs> I thought that was cute, and yeah. and then at the end when she's um you know she gets a scene with with uh, Eleanor, Eleanor wants some some comfort, and so she's <clears throat> she's asking Janet, you know, what what the meaning of life is, and and Janet says, you know, there isn't there isn't one, uh, everything's just very confusing. Um, and it, I just thought that was kind of really, really touching. It kind of showed how much Janet has improved um, and, and can be a friend now instead of just, just sort of a resource or anything else. So I, I really, I really liked that. I thought uh, um, Darcy Carden um, did a really good job with her scenes in this, in this episode. Yeah, I liked that scene. It was, in some senses, it was very cute. But at the same time, I couldn't stop thinking, Bechtel test, Bechtel test, because... We have Eleanor that's questioning the meaning of life and the universe and everything because she doesn't get to be with the boy that she likes, which is kind of reductive. And Janet is talking to her because she gets it, because she also lost the boy that she liked and lost all the meaning. So in a way, it wasn't very progressive, but I thought the acting was very cute. So I kind of let it slide for now. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to chalk it up as just commiserating. And, you know, it's a scene that, you know, gives them both more heart when they're feeling down. But you're right. I mean, does it always have to be about a guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's the only time that you, you... You've been in the on the eternal plane for millions of years, like maybe Eleanor has in with all the reboots. And the first time you ask about the meaning of life is when you lose the boy that you like, it kind of seems very reductive. I don't know. Sure. I mean, I, I did like the point where Janet was saying, you know, if there was a, a single logical answer to the meaning of life, or if uh, yeah. that, it, you know... The, I liked it, yeah. Yeah, the world would just be a... The world, the, the universe would just be a big, dumb food processor. And, you know, that's... Mm-hmm. We kind of get our philosophy this episode from Janet instead of from Chidi. You know, mm-hmm. that's actually a big mm-hmm. philosophical idea that if the... If, if, if God is a clockmaker, uh, watchmaker, whatever the exact uh, metaphor is, that, and he set the, the universe in motion, and it, now it's just tick, tick, ticking according to that, to that predetermined plan, then there's no free will, then there's no mystery, yeah. then there's no anything. And, you know, philosophers have been debating this, this kind of thing for a long time. And, you know, Janet's the one in, in 
that who gets to sort of bring up that that point that you know there has to be something something more than that and and you know I don't think the philosophers of death necessarily come to any sort of uh, consensus on what that is or if that is uh, really something but you know this show seems to have come down squarely on the side of yes there really is love and free choice and and everything else that that you can't explain so yeah mm -hmm. I did like it yeah I feel like she was asking uh, Eleanor was asking a very a very small question. And Janet gave her a very global answer that's, that's more interesting. Yep. Yep. So is there anything else, you guys, or just jokes? Well, I, do, I, did, uh, I did want to mention that um, the movie of Eleanor and Chidi seemed to, include, seemed to include a lot of scenes that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And am, am I wrong in that? Right? Like no, I thought so too. Like there's a llama. I'm pretty sure we've never seen a llama. Um, there's a lot of kissing. Which again, I don't think we've seen a lot of for them. And then the picnic scene, which was which was nice for them, but I, I don't think we've ever seen that where Chidi, you know, starts reenacting singing in the rain. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, none of the and it, it comes down to the same thing. If we feel it's contrived or not, that you know, we didn't get to see these scenes sort of organically in the rest of the show. We get to see them now to make us feel good about a relationship that we never really saw. So mm -hmm. it's both kind of nice, you know, yeah. nice, nice bits, but but also kind of highlighting <laughs> the nature of the I think yeah. yep. the thing I liked about it most was that Michael's the one who did it. Like, yep. He's yeah. become that friend to them now to give them a parting gift. Mm -hmm. True. I like that Michael addresses the whole elephant in the room situation when when they're trying to figure out a way to not reboot Chidi. And he says... We'll just eat Chinese food and throw pencils at the, at the ceiling and I'm going to come up with some answer after you inspire me with your inane talk. And it, I like that they, they address that because it means that that's not going to happen, right. which <laughs> right. is something that has been happening a lot of times. And it's kind of boring and very deus ex machina of them. So I like that the, he addresses that and, and we can move on to the real solution so to speak. Yeah, I think this show uh, takes a couple of, of points, uh, a couple of moments in various episodes over the three seasons to say things where they say, oh, this is so human, when what they really mean is this is a thing about standard you know, TV show plots, standard drama twists that we're just going to make fun of. And I think that was one of the main... I'm pretty sure that Ted Danson himself has been part of scenes like that in CSI, and the other, you know, more traditional shows he's been on where they basically written those sorts of scenes for him and other people. Um, so it, it kind of made me chuckle that they they did that here. They said, mm -hmm. no, no, we're not we're not going to fall into that that trap. Yeah. Although in, in, in hindsight, though, in, in, in reflecting on it, it really does feel like they didn't take enough time thinking of other options um, and they, they kind of rushed it through. So it's funny, yeah. I, I did think that that was a justified kind of joke and poke it at normal dramas, but also, you know, hey, you, you're not even going to take two minutes of everybody, hmm. you know, talking about it for a minute. You know, Chidi doesn't necessarily have all the answers, but but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go with it. Yeah, I feel like they didn't want to dwell too much on the rebooting aspect because there's so many holes that we have already discussed. Yeah. So maybe it's just better than to just... Get along with it, I know. That's that's what it seemed. Move on. Because yep. both both times that we had rebooting it was treated with 
a certain lightness and a certain speed that suggests something, maybe. Well, in any case, the jokes. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, let's lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I liked that not only did they come up with Cork Blork, but they pointed at it, <laughs> the rhyme scheme of it. I thought that was cute. Yep. I like the relationship between Drake and Ruth Bader yep. Ginsburg. Yeah, they, they <laughs> called it out twice, right? So, okay, that's the, the best relationship. And then, uh, what is it, Tahani? Yeah, Tahani actually made it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. When Eleanor is, is introducing uh, Michael to John, uh, she says, to sort of cover up the fact that he's still not 100%, he just transferred over here from dog heaven. So he's still getting used to people. <laughs> yeah. I would I would love to see Michael try to uh, Ted dance and, you know, do, do like sort of dog speak for a while. But yeah, it's fine. Yeah. When they tell the guys that uh, Eleanor is going to be doing the role of Michael and she says, Michael looks like me, that's bad. Yep. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. He looks yeah. he looks like me. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Jason says you're like the Blake Bortles of whatever's going on right yeah, now. Yep. <laughs> well, and Eleanor says the highest yep, yep. compliment he can pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Eleanor says something along the lines of, "And stop making those faces because I've already told John, so there's no going back now." <laughs> so hmm. yeah, that was that was a cute moment. You know, it didn't. Didn't really, not very too long, but that was a nice moment where everybody gets together and and gets to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then Tahani when she when she finally sees John, and then she comes back to uh, Eleanor and Michael, and Tahani is trying to explain why he's bad, and she says he made it seem like I was shallow, plagued with jealousy, <laughs> and prone to fits of melodrama. And it's just, uh, yeah, that's that's so good. That was, that was really nice. Good, yeah, good show there. And she, and she enters the room saying. Eleanor, Michael, it is I, Tahani. Right. <laughs> it's so good. Yep. Oh, and then Sean's bit at the end of the, the discussion with the judge where he says, what's the thing you humans say when you trap your, your opponent in an inescapable position? Oh, right. Eat butt, you ding-dongs. <laughs> Which, in, in hindsight, you know, it was actually quite nice because it was totally within this, this cursing filter. Right? But, of mm -hmm. course, we know what he means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then what is the one where Eleanor Eleanor is barking out orders, and she's barking out orders to Tani and to Michael, and then she says, "Jason, talk to no one, go nowhere, do nothing." Jason, like, I, <laughs> I won't let you down. Again, it's a and he looks but... slightly puzzled by it. Like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> when Chidi and Eleanor kiss, and uh, Eleanor says that scare is the best way to be horny. Yep. <laughs> What was I? I don't think I could. I don't think I caught it. But what was the flavor of frozen yogurt Simone got? Male, male coworker steals your Scott because he stole your ideas and strawberry, which they go <laughs> together very well, apparently. <laughs> right, and I don't know if Eleanor was just sort of uh, uh, improvising about that flavor. She actually <laughs> tasted it herself. Tasted it. No. Yeah, I know because she's a world, a world class liar, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and she also says I'm, I'm always good at pretending I've never met people before it's kind of my go-to power move you know mm -hmm. when then Michael says to her, Michael says to her that 
I'm, I'll be the mastermind behind the scenes. Like Cyrano de Bergerac, and then Eleanor makes no, <laughs> like Chris Jenner. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, oh, totally. <laughs> well, when Tahani runs her joke about John through oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. through Janet, and Janet replies that for people like her social class, that's eighty four percent savage. <laughs> yep. And I like the second part, which is there's a twenty nine percent chance that he responds, "Oh, honey," in a tone so devastating you will think it for the rest of time, which. <laughs> I think it's all something we'd all heard sometime and it's very devastating. Yeah. I went in the Eleanor is Eleanor scene at the end with Chidi where she says, This is why people love moral philosophy professors. Yeah. <laughs> callback. Yeah, yeah, a little callback. Yeah. And then there was some point later where she says she she's she Chidi is saying, you know, you're just deflecting by by making all these jokes. And Eleanor says, It's not a joke, I'm I'm a legit snack. I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, and the joke that that prompted that was that, that she's that um, Chidi's going to think that she's a sexy godlike figure that he'll want to hump immediately after meeting her. <laughs> yeah, I think we've exhausted the jokes I can remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh, with this one one with Chidi is uh, talking with Eleanor about the records from John, and he says this whole box is just one trip to Wendy's. <laughs> I, wow what kind of trip was that yeah so, yeah i think that's 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 pretty much my list so that means then that that wraps the season and the the recaps that we have left to do so uh yeah maybe we pop in from time to time with some opinions but it's been nice you guys thank you it's been very nice yeah with any luck we'll uh be talking with each other again this fall Mm -hmm. Indeed. So, uh, for my, uh, I guess I'll just have to tell everyone good night, even though normally it is night and it's the middle of the afternoon. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> good afternoon, Andrew. <laughs> yep. Good talking with you on the episode, and uh, yep, we will talk again. And good afternoon to you, Javier. <laughs> Hello, G. Come on in. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Now my heart hurts. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. I'll miss ya. I'll miss ya. Bye-bye.